0: Welcome to the Ready to Buy podcast. The podcast for busy young professionals like you to help get yourself and keep yourself ready to buy your dream home and keep your finances in shape. We know just how daunting it can feel, which is why over the coming weeks and months, we'll be discussing and simplifying moving mortgages and money whilst hearing from some industry experts to help build your knowledge understanding and confidence to be in the best shape you can be. The Ready to Buy podcast is brought to you by me, Mark Humphrey of MHC Mortgage and Protection Limited and with over 20 years of experience in the mortgage industry, we help and support people like you buy their homes on a daily basis. We are passionate about making the process simple, easy, hassle and stress-free for all of our clients and we'll be sharing our knowledge, experience, and loads of useful hints and tips throughout the series. You can find out more about us at mhcmortgages.co.uk. And to make sure you never miss an episode, you can subscribe at any podcast app out there, including, of course, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, and Amazon. Welcome to today's episode. Is now the right time to move? It's a topic I'm often asked, and I suppose the simple answer to that is maybe, maybe not. And it really depends on your own situation. We're always saying that you're unique, your hopes, dreams, your goals will all be different, even to your close friends, your close family maybe siblings that are buying at a similar time, maybe have got similar requirements, but they are not identical to your situation. So many times I speak with people that get a little bit fixated on the things that you can't control. Firstly, just want to talk a bit about those types of things and what my advice would be there. And the typical worries are things like a recession, We've had Brexit, haven't we, over the past few years and and the potential impact of that. COVID was something I don't think any of us saw coming. We'd had threatenings of pandemics in the past that never really materialised. And so I think we're all a little bit sceptical and weren't expecting the level of impact of that. And so with those types of things, it's really difficult to second-guess what is going to happen with it. And then not only what is going to happen... But what will the impact be? Because there's always quite a few moving parts to these things as well. And sometimes there are unintended consequences of, of things. And so things that we may think might happen one way actually change. And I'll give an example of that in the COVID times where the Chancellor, Rishi Sunak, was worried about the housing market and introduced a stamp duty holiday to try and stave off any house price crash. And the impact of that, possibly coupled with a few other factors, we ended up seeing rapid house price growth over the next year. My advice would be do not try and second guess what's going to happen and the impact of what will happen. Because I think one of the biggest impacts when you're looking to buy a home or move is you're worried that house prices are going to drop. And yeah, it's a fair point. And it is something that by all means take it on board, do your research, read the papers, speak with your mortgage broker. Can't emphasize enough the importance of finding out your options. We'll we'll come to that again shortly. But when it comes to thinking that house prices might drop, I suppose if you're a first-time buyer or you don't currently own a property, the notion that house prices might drop are quite an appealing one, aren't they? Because you think, actually, I might be able to get something that potentially could mean the difference between being able to afford somewhere or not or having to go in a different area that's one side of things the problem with thinking about house prices that are going to drop what if they don't based on everything else being equal your situation let's say you've got a young family or you're thinking about having a young family and or thinking about having kids and where you are at the moment it just isn't big enough or you're buying your first home and you want somewhere that's going to be suitable to start raising a family. So you think that house prices are going to drop. So you sit and wait, and you wait, and you wait, and you wait. You might just get lucky, but there's a good chance that you won't because I've seen so many people try and second guess what's going to happen, and it it doesn't happen. So putting your plans on hold, for example, you might put off having children where you could be ready in a year's time, but because you want to do things in certain order. You want to get your new home sorted first. You've decided to delay that. And you could end up delaying your life by several years just for, for trying to wait. And you might end up giving up because it, house prices haven't ended up dropping in that time. There's that impact. But also, if house prices drop, then the worry is that you go and buy a home now or move now. The house that you buy is going to be worth a bit less than you paid for it. Now if you're buying that home particularly if you're buying it for the slightly longer term it doesn't actually matter a great deal if house prices dip or plateau a little bit because we've seen over time if you look back over the last hundred years or so whilst house prices occasionally dip and drop they can go up as well as down the trajectory over a number of years over the longer term is that they will increase. I had a similar situation so in 2008 I bought my first home and it took probably two or three years before our home was worth what we actually paid for it. didn't actually matter during that time and we ended up selling it for probably half as much again. So an increase of 50% on what we bought it for in the end. So it went up, we made some money on that and that allowed us to then move on to our next home. So please, please, please focus more on what's right for you rather than worrying about what's going to happen that's outside of your control. And on the topic of being outside your control as well, I want to talk about this as well because it's your health and the things that maybe don't quite go to plan. And certain things with our health can be within our control. So if we exercise regularly, if we have a good diet, all those good things and make sure that we're fit and healthy, it can help reduce the chances of something happening To us or or poor health coming along, but things do happen, accidents can happen, and poor health can be random. It's that simple. And so whilst you can't stop those things happening, what you can do, it's so sensible, particularly if you've got people that rely on you financially, is to understand your options for protecting yourself financially. So, for example, what would happen, heaven forbid, if yourself or your partner were to pass away if you'd have a serious accident that might affect you being able to work for an extended period or or ever again, um, or simply were diagnosed with a cancer or something that's really quite nasty, something hopefully you'd recover from, but could have a massive impact on you financially. And having plans in place, having some form of protection in place that means that financially you'd be absolutely fine if that happened, that's certainly going to help take all the pressure off at a terrible time for yourself and your family. So something we don't really think about that too much when we're dreaming of picking the keys up and moving in and making our new home our own, but so important just to take a little bit of time to understand your options and then make a sensible decision with the options that you have and with your budget that you've got as well because it is always a balance of budget with these types of things versus having enough peace of mind to make sure that you can sleep at night, knowing if anything went wrong, that financially you're going to be okay. There are things that are largely outside of your control. And some of the other things to consider as well, really common, what if I'm changing my job? So what if I've got a promotion at work? What if I'm moving to a completely different company? Should I not move? Should we wait till we've done it? What's best advice there? It comes back to knowing what your options are. A large amount of the mortgage lenders in the market don't look negatively upon you changing jobs. They understand that it's part of life and it's natural career progression to want to either move up to a different role or to move to another company. And so we tend to find, as a rule of thumb, if it's happening within the next three months, if we've got a copy of your contract, That confirms your salary, your start date, but also that it's reasonable that role is a reasonable move from your current one to the next one. So, for example, if you're doubling your salary, is that sustainable? Are you going to a role that you've got the necessary skills and experience to last there for example and and thrive or if you're going from a forklift truck driver to an accountant or something a bit of a strange example but something completely different then they might ask more questions and want to know exactly what's the plan what was your training for your accountant that that sort of thing so hopefully that's fairly clear so it really isn't a reason just because you're moving jobs it might be the perfect time for your family it might be that we're expecting a baby. And actually, we really need that room. So it's not really feasible to sit tight and have to squeeze yourself in where actually you probably will have options. Your mortgage broker, if you've got a good mortgage broker, they'll have a look at it for you. And that's something we do for our clients at MHC Mortgages all the time. And we touched on there about growing family as well, didn't we? And maternity leave is is something that, lenders just don't discriminate if you're on maternity leave, which is great and is as it really should be. And so let's say, for example, you're on maternity leave, you take six, nine, 12 months off work, which is great. As long as you intend to return to work and you can get a letter from your employer confirming the terms that you intended to return on, i.e., you intend to go back full-time or you intend to go back three days a week. And this will be the salary that you're returning on. Lenders will generally accept that. For example, you're off for 12 months and you're just starting. They might ask a couple of questions. Have you got a bit of a backup plan because your income might be reduced for that 12-month period on maternity leave? So have you got savings of of several months to, to help out? Those types of things. They may also ask you about childcare arrangements. Let's say, for example, it's your first child, or even if it's not, if you've already got children, what's the plan? So are you going to be putting your child in childcare when you go back to work? Have you got close family nearby that can help out, potentially take all of the childcare duties from you? All of our situations are different. And lenders are pretty accommodating in, from my experience. So as long as it, it makes sense and we can provide a rationale to the lender to explain what's going to be, they'd generally be happy to use your income in the affordability calculations. And there's absolutely no reason why, if it was right for you to move, that you couldn't do it now. Definitely not a silly question each episode we like to answer a question that I might have been asked this week because something we don't know no matter how big or small particularly when it comes to money mortgages and finance will cause unnecessary stress so I say to all of my clients they're really genuinely and no silly questions so the question I've been asked this week is my friend says it's better to buy in the spring than any other time of the year is that right My advice on that would be that there is no perfect time, and a very common theme of this episode is that the time will be right when it's right for you. There are times of the year that seems to be more popular for people to put their house on the market, so there's more properties available for sale, and it tends to be times of the year, for example in the spring where the summer's seemingly on the way, where the leaves are on the trees, everything's looking a bit prettier, and everyone's starting to look ahead and thinking about moving, whether that be going and looking to buy a house or sell or or both. That period of time throughout the spring all the way through to the summer tends to be quite popular, but doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna be the perfect time for you. So everything has to align in terms of your situation. So it might be your affordability, it might be your family situation may dictate it. If you're buying for the first time, for example, I'm often contacted by people where their landlord, so they're renting at the moment, their landlord is giving them notice because they're selling or their situation's changed and they'd like them to vacate the property by a certain time. So with that, it's more a case of, we know we need to be out by a certain time So therefore, our situation dictates that this is when we're going to go and buy. So no, there isn't a perfect time to buy. There's a good time that will suit yourself and your situation. It may have suited your friend, but what's great for them may not be great for you or for anybody else for that matter. If you have a question you'd like to ask anything at all, please contact me mark humphrey via inquiries at mhcmortgages.co.uk not only will i answer your question nice and quickly but i promise i'll try and share your question in future episodes as you can be sure you'll not be the only one that's thought of that question if you're enjoying the podcast you can help us reach and help many many more people like yourself by leaving us a five-star review on whichever platform you get your podcast and by sharing the podcast on your social media channels. Something else I'm often asked is about the size of your deposit, and should we try and save up a bit more? And again, no right or wrong answer here, and if it's a case of you haven't got a sufficient deposit for the numbers to stack up, so for example, if you haven't got at least a 5% deposit to buy. So 95% mortgages are generally the largest that lenders will grant. Unfortunately, it's likely you will have to save up unless you're able to maybe pull at the heartstrings of close family and if they're they're able to provide a a gift. But assuming that Actually, it's a case of, yeah, I have got a 5% deposit, but I'd, I want to save up for a 10% or I've got 10, but I want to get a slightly lower rate and I'm, I'd like to save up for 15% deposit, for example. It might be, it might work out for you, but I think having a look at the numbers and trying to understand both sides of it so you can weigh it up rather than just doing it blindly, speak to a mortgage broker, understand what would it look like, what could we afford if we did it now, And if in 6, 12 months' time, if we could save up this, what could it look like? Now, there's no certainties about looking at the future because we simply don't know what house prices are going to do. And that's partly why I would say when, let's say, for example, if everything else with your situation is right, you want to buy now and you've got a 5% deposit. By the time you've saved up another 5%, you might find that house prices have gone up a little bit so that what would have been 10% isn't quite there so you have to save up for a bit longer and so in that example it might have been the case that actually going ahead now with a smaller deposit if the numbers stack up and you can borrow what you need to you can buy in the area the type of property that you'd like it might be a case of let's go with that now and even if the rate might be a bit higher with a 5% deposit than a 10% at least getting onto the housing market then in two, three, five years' time, when your first rate comes to an end, you might find that you've reduced your mortgage a little bit. You might find your house prices has increased. You might have been able to reduce your balance if you've managed to overpay and and pay lumps off, if you had bonuses or something like that. And you might then at that point be able to get a a 90% rate. But the important thing there is that you're already on the housing market. So if house prices go up, your home goes up with it. It's a really nice example of that, actually, of, of a client that I saw several years ago that came to me and were adamant that they just weren't ready. They just, they wanted to move. Um, in actual fact, they wanted to buy the, the home from the landlord that they, they were already living in, but just didn't think it was going to be feasible. We looked at the numbers and actually they could get the 95% mortgage and they did it. They They got it. They got onto the housing market and we've since organized another mortgage for them and yet lo and behold it's no longer a 95% mortgage because the house price has gone up a bit they paid a little bit off they got a 90% mortgage and so a really good example of where it worked for them and understanding their options we we did look at both sides of it and it just so happened that they were good to go now and the final thing i'd like to talk about is debt now an awful lot of us have some form of unsecured debt whether that be credit cards, store cards, personal loans, car finance, furniture finance, you know, we all know what it is. And when we're moving home, it's nice to have a clean slate, isn't it? It's nice to clear some of that debt or all of that debt. And it's, it's afresh. And actually, what you might find as well is if you're paying out, let's say, three, 400 pounds a month in in payments on a personal loan, all of a sudden that frees up and that essentially pays for the increased mortgage for moving to a bigger house and, and having a slightly bigger mortgage. So similar to to shall I save up from a bigger deposit with debts, shall I try and clear those debts first? In an ideal world, yep, yeah, great. But if now is the time where everything aligns for you, your family, actually you might be able to clear that debt with some of the equity in your property. And by doing that, all within the same process it then makes it quite a nice soft move into your new home because the money that you're saving on your debt repayment then, as we said, can fund the additional bit of your mortgage payment where you've got a larger mortgage. And I often find people struggle to get their head around the numbers on this sometimes and how it works. And so to make it really simple... I'm going to use an example. And when you're moving, so this this example works if you're moving home, if you've already owned your home and you're moving to another one, think of your sale of your current home and the purchase of your next home as two completely separate transactions. Now, I think what muddies the water sometimes is because it often happens simultaneously. So at the same time, all part of the one transaction, you sell and you buy. But break it into two. You're going to sell your home. Now, let's use some numbers as well to bring it to life a bit. So you've been in your house for several years. You've agreed with someone that's going to buy it for £300,000. So you've got a buyer. You're selling at 300000 You've currently got a mortgage of £170,000. So irrespective of whether you're going to move that across, port that across to the new property or not, doesn't matter. Your mortgage at the moment is 170000 So if you deduct that from your £300,000 that you're going to get for selling yours, you're going to have £130,000 worth of equity sat there. Now, if you intend to use that for your deposit and for your buying costs, let's say your buying costs, that'll be something that you'd you'd work through with your broker. So stamp duty, estate agent costs, legal costs, things like that. Let's Round numbers, let's say it's going to cost £20,000 for your buying costs. So from your 130 that you've got left, 20,000 on your buying costs, you've now got 110,000 pounds. You've also got this personal loan or maybe a loan and, and some credit card debt. Let's say it's 20,000 pounds. Now of that 110,000 that's left, we can use that 20,000 to clear that at completion. So we've now got left with 90,000 pounds. That will be your deposit for your new property. So that is all on your sale, okay? So if you imagine that, that's all happened. You've got £90,000 in your hand and we move on to your new property. You've found a property, you've fallen in love with it. It's bigger, it's in a beautiful area and it's perfect. It's £450,000. We've looked at your income. Your income stacks up. It all fits. Affordability-wise, you can borrow what you need to borrow and your 90000 is your deposit for the property, Now, it is quite a nice round number because 90,000 is 20% deposit when you're buying at 450,000. So that would then mean that your new mortgage on your new home is 360,000. That's immaterial, really. That's more to show you the example of how it could work and how actually clearing some debt is quite straightforward. And the new mortgage, whether it's porting across from your existing lender, whether it's a brand new one, would be your 360,000. And you'd complete, yes, it had happened all at the same time. Going forward, you'd have your beautiful brand new home. You'd have a mortgage there of 360000 and away you go. To summarise what we've spoken about today, is now the right time to move? It may be. And there are certain things that shouldn't impact your decision-making And it really should be based on your situation, your hopes, your dreams, your plans, and and you won't go too far wrong. So we said, take time, please take time to consider your your options to protect yourselves and your family as well. So look at things like life cover and protecting your income, those types of things. But they're all things that your mortgage broker will talk through, show you your, your options, which is the important thing. Once you understand your options, it's then your choice as to, okay, what what's our priority? What do we look at? What do we take? What can we afford? Those things. We've also talked about moving jobs is definitely not a reason in itself to not move. In many ways, if you're getting a promotion to a, another job role, then actually your income could be higher and potentially you can afford more than you could at the moment. So could be a fantastic way of helping fund your new home and finally waiting to save more of a deposit sometimes you have to sometimes it may not be the best option and with debt as well if there is an option to clear it within the process you should consider it thanks so much for listening today i really hope that you've enjoyed the episode and found it helpful we'd love you to join us next time when I'll be discussing more hints and top tips from the world of money, mortgages and moving. In the meantime, please get in touch if you'd like some help or have a question about your own personal situation. You can contact me at inquiries at mhcmortgages.co.uk and my details will also be in the show notes. Until next time, take care.